we're gabbing, uh, uh, we're gabbing, we're gabbing, uh, uh, we're gabbing, we're gabbing, uh, uh, we're gabbing. Welcome to Gabbing. Gabbing. With Gracie and Heather. This week we will continue on with part two of our discussion of Persuasion by Jane Austen. Last week we left off where Anne Elliot and Lady Russell were entering Bath. If you missed part one, please feel free to go back and listen to that prior to this episode. Otherwise, enjoy. So they get to Bath and she meets Mr. Elliot. They who? Anne and Lady Russell. Okay, thank you. Yeah, sorry. Because, yeah, Anne was going to, after Lady Russell came home from, she was somewhere, they were going to go to Bath together. So they go to Bath and they find out that Mr. Elliot's been hanging out with Elizabeth and Sir Walter again. And then he starts hanging out with her and they became kind of buddy buddy because he's very he's a very charming person. And he's now out of mourning because his rich wife had died six months previously. So he was actually technically still in mourning when he was in Bath, but now it's been like a few weeks and in, in Bath or in Lyme. In Lyme, sorry. He was oh. in mourning when he was in Lyme. So it's now a few weeks later. So he's out of mourning. So he's like yucking it up with the Elliots now. So Anne finds out. Which she never would have done before. Okay, but. Yeah, I know. He couldn't wait to get away from them before. So Anne finds out through her old governess that her old friend, Miss Hamilton, who is now Mrs. Smith, is living in Bath and is in a bad situation. And so point one, why I like Mrs. Smith, is her story is very reminiscent to me of what could have happened to Anne in Lady Russell's mind if she would have married Wentworth because Mrs. Hamilton was three years older than Anne in school and they were very close when she was in school because when Anne's mother had died Anne went away to school and she felt very isolated and alone because her mother had died and Mrs. Hamilton as an older student took Anne in and became very good friends with her and so they had a very strong bond so Miss Hamilton leaves school and she gets married she marries Mr. Smith he has a good deal of money but he's very frivolous with his money he ends up spending all of it And then he dies at a very young age and she's left penniless and there's more to this. We'll find out later. (laughs) She's left penniless and then she gets rheumatoidism and so she can barely even walk. So she's like 30 years old. She can barely walk. She's penniless. And like, as I'm like learning all this in my brain, I'm like, this is exactly what Lady Russell thought was going to happen if Anne married Wentworth that because like, At the time of their engagement, Wentworth was starting to get money from being a sailor, but he was spending it. He was being very frivolous about it because he wasn't used to having money. He wasn't being responsible. Mm -hmm. He was Mm -hmm. too young and he had money for the first time and he was being frivolous. And in my mind, that is what Lady Russell was hoping to avoid. Like she didn't want him to leave any less and stuff. So I feel like that's like a an important part about Miss Smith. But then also Miss Smith, because she has the rheumatoidism, she ends up getting um, a nurse, her landlady's nurse, Nurse Rook. She ends up coming in and Nurse Rook is all about the tea 
because she's <laughs> like, because she's in service and she's a nurse and going house to house. Everybody's talking all kinds of shit around her. So she's got all the tea and she comes and she tells Mrs. Smith all the tea. So because of this, Mrs. Smith finds out that Anne is all buddy-buddy with Mr. Elliot. Well, we find out. She ends up telling Anne that she knows Mr. Elliot through Mr. Smith. They were really good friends. And so Anne ends up finding out all kinds of shit. About Mr. Elliot. Yeah, about Mr. Elliot and about her family and stuff through Mrs. Smith and Nurse Rook. She finds out that Mr. Elliot... Uh, hated Elizabeth and Sir Walter Elliot wanted nothing to do with them. And Obviously. that's why he like spurned Elizabeth and he ran off with his wife. He hated his wife. He just married her for the money because he was all about the money. Treated her oh miserably. Goodness. He did um he did like some shady things with Mr. Smith, but like the big thing was that Mr. Smith made Mr. Elliot the executor of his will, and he refused to do anything about it. So that's really why she was really penniless, because there was some money in the West Indies, and he wasn't doing any of his executor shit. And so Mrs. Smith was just like, you find out he didn't end up pocketing it, but I think that was probably like his intention. He just didn't do it. Like, he wouldn't give any of the money to her. So she's like in dire needs. So she's hoping that Anne is going to be able to like talk to Mr. Elliot and get him to do his job. That sounds vaguely familiar. Okay. Yeah. And you find out the money's in the West Indies, which means slavery, yeah, which well, does not come up very often in the Jane Austen book. I think Mansfield Park talks about it. I think so too. I don't think that any of the others do. I think you're right about that. But yeah, so then he also, she also finds out um, from Mrs. Smith through Nurse Rook that Mr. Elliot is all over Mrs. Clay because he is scared that Mrs. Clay is intending to try to marry Mr. Walter Elliot. And then bore him a son. Yeah, and because now that he has his money, he wants the title. Mm-hmm. Like he married mm-hmm. the first wife for the for the money, and now he wants to get all up in Anne's business so that he can get the title. Still doesn't want Elizabeth. Still doesn't want Elizabeth. Mm. <laughs> Makes you wonder what Elizabeth um, actually is like. Like her personality. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like is she really that bad? But I guess so. Yeah. So Mrs. Smith is so important to the story in my mind. Now I feel like I gotta go back and watch that um, movie and be like, yeah, Heather has every right to be in an uproar. Well, you know what it is? That's why the end was so rushed. Because remember you had like the weird scene with Mr. Elliot and Mrs. Clay making out in the middle of the street? Yes. Like they had to do all this weird shit to try to wrap it up. There's no... is, is, Is there really... Oh, there was one other thing that is an important thing about Mrs. Smith. It causes Anne to stand up to her family, which then helps her realize that she can stand up to them with Frederick. Because she's going, like, 
her family had wanted her to go to like a tea or something with the Dalrymples, like their their fancy cousins. And Anne was like, oh, I can't. I have plans to go see my friend, Mrs. Smith. And her father goes off about them. Mm-hmm, and she's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm going to go see my friend. I said I was going to go see her, like, yada, yada, yada. They're, like, all insulting about where she lives and everything else. Mm-hmm. And Anne doesn't say this part out loud, but she does think it. And it's, like, the harshest thing that she's ever thought about her family. She goes off in her head about how Mrs. Clay is in the same exact position that Mrs. Smith is in. Mm-hmm. And they're totally fine with, like, Mrs. Clay being there and being with them, but they're mm-hmm. like dissing her mm-hmm. friend Mrs. Smith, and that like really pisses her off. Mm-hmm. Good, good job, man. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. But yeah, so to me, Mrs. Smith is very important to the story. Well, I don't know why. Like, I maybe because in my head I was Mrs. Smith, Mrs. Clay, but I was like, Mrs. Smith is like a bitch. <laughs> Mrs. Smith is not a bitch. Yeah, you were confusing with Mrs. Clay. (laughs) Whoops, my bad. Or maybe even, you know what? Maybe I wasn't even confusing them because, again, the language is so different to me that I might get confused because she's a gossip, too, you know? You might think that Mrs. Smith is a bitch because at one point I was really upset with her, but then she goes on to explain why she acted that way because she doesn't initially tell Anne what a bad person Mr. Elliot is. When she finds out that Anne actually isn't going to marry him because, like, she had heard rumors that they were about to be engaged, when she finds that out, she tries to, like, be like, oh, he's so handsome, he's so great, you should definitely marry him, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know he's an asshole, like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And so then when she realizes that there's no way that Anne's going to marry him, then she comes out and tells her what an awful person he is. Wouldn't and it be Anne better is, to say something before. Well, here's the situation. Anne was like, What you were just telling me to marry him. Like, what is going on? Yeah. And she's like, Well, when I thought there was a possibility that you were gonna marry him, like I wasn't gonna be able to say anything negative about him because I really need him to help me. Like, I need mm your Mm -hmm. assistance and if you're gonna marry him like you're gonna marry him like I didn't feel like I could say anything negative about him but now that I know you're not gonna marry him I want you to be aware of like what an asshole how bad he really is yeah either way she's like I could kind of get you on my side but it better if you were to marry him she was like it's kind of like a lose-lose because I don't want you to marry him but if you're going to marry him, maybe I can at least get you to help me. Yeah. But now that I know you're not going to marry him, I'm going to like tell you really what he's all about. So I could see if, if like you read that being like, oh, that was bitchy. That might be it. I, I was going to say that, uh, that out of all of the books, I, I think I've read, I think I've read all of the Jane Austen books, even with Wickham. Elliot seems like the worst male character from all of the series. That's a really good question. And and it has to be between them two. I don't recall any other, as of now, any other male Jane Austen characters, secondary characters, let's just say, because the protagonists, they're 
mm-hmm. the ones that we need to love because the women love them. Mr. Elton from Emma isn't as bad as Wickham or Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no, he's not. He's not. He's not. I'd love to know. If, for, for those of you who are Colonel listening. Colonel Tony is pretty bad. Who the hell is that? Sense and sensibility? No, that's oh, from, for fuck's uh, sake. Oh my god, fucking Willoughby. Willoughby's pretty bad. He's oh on the gosh. same. So we should Willoughby, have a poll. We should have a poll. We need to reread all of them first. Willoughby, I feel like, is on the same level as Wickham. Because doesn't Willoughby get Colonel Brandon's ward pregnant and then abandons her? I don't remember. Should we read Sense and Sensibility after Pride and Prejudice? Oh my gosh. This is, I, I need the time to read them. Yeah. I'm I think, only up to chapter eight of Persuasion. I think that's the case. I, I think that Willoughby and uh, Wickham are pretty close. I mean, Wickham does it again. Willoughby would have done it again to Marianne. Well, yeah, Wickham doesn't know when to stop. Yeah. Elliot's a yeah. douchebag. I completely, yeah. utterly agree with you. He is a douche. He's, he's a man that's after himself, right? Yeah. If they're all woman, selfish. They're all selfish. And I'm like, you would think that if a woman were to do that, it would be like, oh, whatever, right? And they probably do say that. But with men, they also are put put down. And you would think that they wouldn't think twice about it because he's a man. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But also, this is coming from a woman. And he's screwing over a woman. We don't hear sure. another man's point of view about Elliot, of whatever his name yeah. is. Yeah. Vulnerable people. They're screwing over vulnerable people mm-hmm. who are women in this instance. Mm-hmm. But they're, like, mm-hmm. in vulnerable situations. Well, this is something interesting. We'll have to think about this as we're going through the series. For our listeners, if you have a particular opinion on who is the biggest Jane Austen villain, let us know on Instagram. Yes. I'll put up a special post after this is uh, yeah. published. Mm-hmm. That would be good. Do I? The inquiring minds, aka me, wants to know. Yeah. Oh, so one of the things I forgot, not to change the subject, but when I mentioned the Dalrymples before, I had forgotten where the rift in the family had come from. So apparently when the Viscount Dalrymple died, Mr. Elliot was like so sick that he possibly could have died at the time, but he survived. So they forgot to send a condolence letter to the Dallinger or whatever she was I forget she's like a better title than they are so she's a she's a more noble affluent relative so then when Mrs. Elliot died they did not send a condolence letter on purpose because they had been slighted so Mr. Elliot when they were in Bath had to meet with them and explain what happened that he was like on death's door and that's why they didn't send the condolence letter and he had to make amends so they they became very friendly and bad i feel like that's that. such a hard thing for him to do but he does it because they are higher up they than need him. the society and he wants he wants that he wants to be with them he feels like he's lowly well this is this goes back to that 
stupid book at the beginning. He liked to he liked to read about the older people that were titled because he had an aspiration to be like them, like he looked up to them. And then the people that had been titled less time than him, he like looked down at them like he thought he was superior. He's a very interesting character. I kind of love him. I can I can because see, he's absurd. I can but I cannot I I can understand him, you know? Yeah. I can understand him. Like they've been in it long enough to not be new, considered new. Yeah. Right. And he and he just happens to be right at that like level where it's like we've been in this long enough for me to, you know, look down on you, you know, mm-hmm. newer baronesses, whatever the heck it's called. He's ridiculous. Yeah. He is absurd, but I actually prefer more of uh, Emma's dad. <laughs> I prefer his absurdity. Yeah, he's absurd in a different way. Yes. But she does make the dads all a little bit absurd because even Mr. Bennett is absurd. He is probably the funniest absurd character. He is. He is. He's a fantastic character. He's a he's a he's one man versus six women. So, so yes. I didn't think about this till right now, but the way that the older Elizabeth, like the mom Elizabeth, married Sir Walter Elliot because he was so gorgeous is reminiscent of Mr. Bennett marrying Mrs. Bennett because she was so gorgeous and then having to deal with the consequences afterwards because the older Elizabeth had to constantly try to rein him in while still making him feel like he was Mm-hmm. the head of the household mm-hmm. and so that's why when she was alive they were able to live by the way their that means. they lived yeah their by means. their means but then once she passed he just dwindled through all their resources because she and, wasn't there to try to like rein him in and what's interesting is if i'm not mistaken and you correct me if i'm wrong in that era the men were the ones that were taking care of the accounting not the women 100 percent hotmess.com because as, money. as we know in sense of sensibility and it's implied we don't see it happen in pride and prejudice even when when the man of the house dies the widow doesn't even get control over the money it goes to the heir mm-hmm. whether that be a son like in sense and sensibility or a distant cousin like in mm-hmm. pride Right. Women just don't have any opportunity to take care of anything. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at my notes to see what else. I will say Lady Russell, she got Mr. Elliot so wrong. She was all over Mr. Elliot, wanted Anne to get with him. She was dead wrong on him. She was dead wrong about a lot of things. And it just goes to show that you can have the best intentions. You want the best. She wanted the yeah. best for Anne. But she wasn't looking at the right things. Yeah. Oh, so one of the things that I had mentioned earlier where Mr. Elliot didn't know Anne by her appearance, but he had known about her for years. You find out from, he says that he had been, she said something about like, oh, you barely know me. And he's like, oh, well, I've, I, I'm recent to know you in person, but I've heard about you for years and I've been very intrigued by you for years. And he doesn't say how that is. And so Mrs. Smith fills in those 
those missing pieces because she finds out he that um Mrs. Smith has been talking up Anne for years and years because mm, he because knew they're friends. the connection. Yeah. So she would talk about Anne all the time. So that's how he knew so much about her and how he was like intrigued by her. And that's why he wanted Anne and not Elizabeth. Yeah. Oh, I also I wrote it on the page because I thought this was like funny. The do you know the music where they go and they see the music and Anne is there with Mr. Elliot and Frederick. I don't remember. Frederick gets very upset. Frederick gets upset a lot, it seems. And he leaves. Like he's uh he ends up leaves, leaving the music hall. I love that. Yeah. I, I I don't remember it, but I like it okay. because again, a grieved man. Yeah, well, he he goes to leave and she says, Is this song not worth staying for? said Anne, suddenly struck by an idea which made her yet more anxious to be encouraging. No, he replied impressively, like exclamation point now. <laughs> There's nothing worth my staying for. And he was gone directly. Jealousy of Mr. Elliot. It was the only intelligible motive. Captain Wentworth, jealous of her affection. Could she have believed it a week ago, three hours ago? For the moment, the gratification was exquisite. But alas, there were very different thoughts to succeed. So he's he's finally expressing himself to her. Like the it sounds like he's being a baby about it. Yeah. Typical. But he got the he got the point across. But then shall we fast forward to the famous letter? Which I can't imagine this not being in the original. It would have been so, such a different ending. Where did it end then? I wonder if you can get a published version with the original ending. I bet you can. It sounded like he he doesn't put himself out there. And it has to be more on Anne to go after him. Lord have mercy, really? It's probably why she changed it. Um, so this, So Anne ends up getting into a conversation with uh, Captain Harville because it turns out that Benwick wants to have Harville go and get this picture of himself framed that he had commissioned. And Harville is like very like upset and doesn't want to do it because it was a picture that was commissioned for him to give to Fanny, Harville's mm-hmm. sister. And so now that she's dead, he's giving it to Louisa. So there's a lot of emotions there. And so he ends up, he asked um, Frederick if he could help him go get this task done. So Frederick's writing a letter and stuff to give to the the, the person that's going to frame the picture. And uh, Harville's waiting for him and he's talking to Anne and they're talking about like who loves longer like who forgets love quicker is it a man or a woman because Harville's like you know I really wish the best for Benwick and everything but it's it just feels like it's too soon like my sister hasn't been dead that long and he's now Mm -hmm. engaged and moving on and this is really hard for me and so they're arguing back and forth on whether men love longer or women love longer and Frederick is overhearing all this and so he starts to be like hey wait a minute Maybe Anne's still thinking about me. Maybe I still got a chance here. Well, what was she saying that is making him think that? Let me see if I can find it. 
I mean, she's basically, if I'm remembering it, she's basically saying, oh, us women, we, we never forget. Like we, our love goes on. Uh, is this it? Um, all the privilege I claim for my own sex, it is not very enviable one. You need not covet it. Is that of loving longest when existence or when all hope is gone? Hmm. She probably says other things, but that's the part I'm catching. But he hears that, and so he writes this letter, and he hands it to her. And it goes, I can listen no longer in silence. I must speak to you by such means as within our, my reach. You pierce my soul. I am half agony, half hope. Tell me not that I am too late, that such precious feelings are gone forever. I offer myself to you again with a heart even more your own than when you almost broke it eight years and a half ago. Dare not say that man forgets sooner than woman. That is love that his love has an earlier death. I have loved none but you. Unjust may I have been, weak and resentful I have been, but never inconsistent. You alone have brought me to bath. For you alone, I think and plan. Because remember, I said he went and saw his brother, and then he came to bath. Have you not seen this? Can you fail to have understood my wishes? I had not waited even these 10 days. Could I have read your feelings? As I think you must have penetrated mine, I can hardly write. I am ever, I am every instant hearing something which overpowers me. You sink in your voice, but I can distinguish the tones of that voice when they would be lost onto others. Too good, too excellent creature. You do us justice indeed. You believe that there is true attachment and constancy among men. Believe it to be most fervent, most undeviating in this man it's very sweet yeah but he basically says like i'm gonna come to your father's house this evening and if well if you if you give me a clue that there's hope i will come to your father's house this evening if not i will never come again so basically he's like and this is it you let me know am i coming to your father's house and asking you to marry me yep 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 um yeah so she ends up faking an illness basically (laughs) because i think they were supposed to go somewhere i can't remember i didn't write it down but i she she basically is like i need to go home and lay down if we're gonna go do some stuff later right so charles insists on taking her home and they end up running into wentworth and charles is like hey i are you going over towards aunt's house because can you walk her? Because there's this gun I want to buy. I want to leave now. He goes on about this gun. He's like, I want to leave now because if I don't go now, he might sell it to somebody else. So are you going over that way? And Wentworth is like, yeah, I'm going over that way. My goodness. And it works out perfectly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I like, again, I liked the book it's just been such a long time since yeah. I read it Pride and Prejudice the 1995 television series the Colin Firth like that's always in my brain and stuff like that you've said this before and I agree the miniseries always seem to be better because they can flesh out the characters much more definitely you can They're never more on point with the books you can never go wrong with a miniseries like 
no one's asking for a series series just a mini series just enough to like quench the thirst Mm -hmm. and then in a year's time you could rewatch it which is exactly what I was doing pre-child I would like read and watch Pride and Prejudice every year I think I covered everything in my notes did you have anything no of course I don't have anything to add but thank you for reading Wentworth's letter I love them I know you do. Persuasion, you love persuasion because I feel like I relate to Anna a lot and I like her as a character. Okay. And I just I I feel like I understand Frederick and where he's coming from the whole time. I would absolutely love it if somebody wrote from his perspective. I feel like and that's, um... I just also like I just find the absurdity of some of the characters like Sir Walter Elliot, Elizabeth, Mary, I find them just hilarious. Mary is extravagant. Like I sometimes as I was reading, I thought maybe she's just really like a depressed individual, but she's too comical for it to actually be like she's a depressed individual. Do you know what I'm saying? She's like, yeah. Do you remember on Saturday Night Live, there was, was it Debbie Downer? Yes. She's like that, but like so much funnier. She's Debbie Downer. She's a downer. All right. She like just makes everyone feel so sad about themselves or wants everyone to feel so sad about her, not themselves, her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's all about her. Like, I know people that you'll be like, oh, how's it going? I just want to see, like, what's up? And they'll be like, oh, my God, everything's awful. There's I always that the one worst. friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I that feel like I complain a lot. That first, or that one family member where everything's so much worse and it's like a competition. She's so, like, it's on point with people's personality. Jane Austen. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I just, I love her relationships. Like we always go back to the relationship. It's all, it's all about the relationships and good ones. And like, she has some really healthy, good relationships, but she also has like some really absurd, like very different people. Like Charles Musgrove and Mary are such like an absurd couple together, Mr. Bennett and Mrs. Bennett. And then even Elizabeth and, uh, Sir Walter Elliot, like Elizabeth is really playing like the like she's she's a replacement of, of her mother wife. of yeah. the older Elizabeth. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. And if you want to take it down the creepy route, he's probably in love with her because she's yeah. a prettier one. Her name is Elizabeth. Yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you never know. There's some freaky things happening in these families. Jeez oh, Louise. Yuck. I don't uh, want to think about it. <laughs> but like when you look at them, it's like the the more like higher society, at least in persuasion, and like like the more higher society, the more absurd the characters are. Like the really good people besides Anne are like Wentworth, the Crofts the Harvilles, uh, like Mrs. Smith, like I mean, Lady Russell are... is okay. <laughs> people who aren't infatuated with money. Yeah. There you go. 
But there you go. It is. I mean, a lot of people Mary's say, absurd, but she's yeah. not infatuated with money. She's infatuated with herself, mm-hmm. which is like the Elliot trait. It is. But and she's the only one that didn't get it. But hers is more like you said, Debbie Downer. Yeah. Oh. Where the other two are just too busy looking at themselves in the mirror. They have vanity. It's the prettiest vanity. of them all. Yeah, mirror, mirror. Oh my God, can you imagine? They would be fighting over who's prettier. They would be. They would be. I believe it. Yeah. I really, really do. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Heather is in pure ecstasy right now, y'all. If you could just see her face. (laughs) Well, anything else to say? No, I don't. Listeners, what do you think of the um, book Persuasion? Also, like we said before, like, do you have a particular villain that you think is the most villainous? Jane Austen villain. Yeah. She's just, she's a great character writer. She's got great plots. She is. Got great characters. She's a good observer. Like, she's. Oh, so one thing I wanted to ask is, like, we were talking, I don't think we were talking when we were recording, but at some point we were talking about how the language can sometimes make it hard to read. Yes. Do you Did you find this book harder to read than the other ones? Because I'm wondering if part of that is the editing or lack of editing. You know, I'm not, I'm just not sure, to be honest, because it's been a long time since I've read all the books, even Pride and Prejudice. Okay. So, I, it's, you know, the way that they say things, they use bigger words. I have to look it up in the dictionary and then I have to apply that to what I'm reading be like oh okay so you know that takes away from me being able to read the story continuously I have to stop I have yeah. to think about it I have to look at the definition make sure I'm understanding it correctly because sometimes I think I get it and then I say okay no let me actually be sure and I look up the definition so well, there's the historical context, too, because I remember yes. how you were saying, we're, like, you're not a Jani. I'm not a Jani either, because Janites, like, they know some shit. I remember going to this one lecture where someone from the Jane Austen Society was talking, and I think it was in Pride and Prejudice. They were talking about how someone was the daughter of a fishmonger. And I'm blanking on what character it was, but they went into the whole historical context of like where on the social strata the fishmonger was to show that that's why saying, oh, that person's the daughter of a fishmonger was like being like, they're not worth our time. Like they're really, really low in society. And like, I can't believe they want to marry the daughter of a fishmonger. Interesting. So there's that like historical context of the I time mean, and I'm sure there's lo- like um politics of the time that are also woven in that we're not getting definitely and that's why uh the Rosen what is it the Rosenbox Museum yeah. of discussion about Pride and Prejudice is so interesting because there's a historical factor to it mm-hmm. and I you know I haven't listened to it in like months but it popped up in my queue today and I said okay 
okay, I guess I should try to get back into it again, but it's just finding the right time to be able yeah. to listen and focus and actually pay attention, like of the obviously focus. So that way I, I learn about the history because there's just so much in order to understand mm-hmm. the, the, the people and why they're doing things the way they're doing it is because you have to learn about what society was like back then. So it makes absolute sense that sense that these people are talking about fishmonger and what yeah where they are in the class system in england so for our listeners we're talking about the rosenbach museum in philadelphia they have a youtube series that you can go on and watch where every week they picked a different chapter of pride and prejudice and they talked all about it so you can go to the rosenbach museum on youtube and they have a jane austen mondays they had Perfect. Yeah, they had. They're they're it's finished. So it's finished. you can yeah, see it, all of them. It started in like what August, September, and then it finished in like February, March. Yeah, um, I think because so. they went through like every single chapter and they mm-hmm. even talked about the nineteen ninety-five TV miniseries as well as the Kira Knightley tele um, television movie. 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 That was a movie. That was in the yeah. theaters. Yeah, so I actually came across a podcast that was doing that with Persuasion, and they were going basically line through line. I haven't listened to it because I just discovered it today, but like the first episode is just going over chapter one, and it's almost two hours long. I understand. Yeah. So I I love that people do that because we learn a lot. But people really get into analyzing. It's it's good. I I, yeah. I appreciate stuff like that. I, I do miss taking literature courses just because of mm-hmm. because of that. Thank okay, for podcast. Thanks for listening to Gabbing and go let us know your thoughts on Instagram on persuasion like on the different villains and who's the most villainous. Like and follow us. Buy us a uh, coffee. Us a, yeah, buy us a coffee. <laughs> Heather needs it today. Uh, go read our podcast. And uh, we'll see you guys next time where we will talk about another book. Because we are just talking books right now. That's right. So, thanks for listening to Gabbing. Gabbing. We're Gabbing. Uh, uh, we're Gabbing. We're Gabbing. Uh, uh, we're Gabbing. We're Gabbing. Uh, uh, we're Gabbing.